The more I think about what Christmas represents and how to prepare my heart for it, the more I've realized Christmas is about God's love for mankind, for all mankind. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 216. The topic this week is, Does God Really Love Everyone? Christmas is the Answer. You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful, as always, that you've tuned in to listen today. In just a few weeks... Christmas will be here, and you know, there's so many different approaches to celebrating Christmas and what it represents. For me, it's the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies of the coming of Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah. Now, it's not too early to start thinking about getting ready for Christmas, and I'm not talking about the shopping and the cooking and the festivities however important those things may be to you in getting ready for the holiday, I'm talking about getting your heart ready to receive more of Christ's appearing, to hear in a fresh way the Christmas story and how it applies to the whole world today as well as in your own life. The more I think about what Christmas represents and how to prepare my heart for it, the more I've realized Christmas is about God's love for mankind, for all mankind. I did an episode a couple of years ago at the Christmas season that touches on this very point. It's called, Christmas Means Everyone is Worthy of God's Love. That's episode 115, and I'll have that link in the show notes in case you'd like to listen to it. Now, it's pretty straightforward to say that God loves all his children that God loves everyone. But it might be a surprise to you that all Christians don't actually believe God loves everyone. There are those who think he loves some and hates others. And this can actually be a rather controversial topic depending on what theological perspective you hold on to, or rather what theological perspective holds on to you. But every time I hear some so-called Christian authority, teacher, or leader explaining why God doesn't love everyone, you know, it sounds very academic. They turn it into a theological debate about the nature of God and how he loves or doesn't love people. Now, I'll be the first one to admit, I don't have all the answers, and I don't understand every single detail of the Bible's message. But it often seems to me that these folks debating 
whether God loves everyone or not, are actually projecting their own beliefs, their own lack of love for everyone, onto God. They know who they don't like, and then they try to find reasons why God doesn't like them either. It kind of reminds me of what Jesus said to the Pharisees. This is Matthew 23, 24. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. They force God into a theological box of their own understanding, and they can't imagine God acting or existing outside of their limited concept of Him. And they back up what they say with some Bible verses, but ignore other Bible verses. And they speak with such authority. Whenever I see this kind of theological conflict about any important topic in the Bible, I try, and it's not always easy, I try to let go of my preconceptions and see what Jesus has to say about the subject. Who am I going to turn to as the ultimate authority? Some preacher on YouTube with millions of followers? Some people get pretty impressed with preachers like that. But as soon as you find one who says one thing, you can find another one saying exactly the opposite with the same amount of self-assurance as the first one. I think I'll stick with Jesus as the authority. So let's see what Jesus has to say about God's love for everyone. This is probably the very first verse I ever memorized as a kid. It's John 3.16. It's probably quoted more than almost any other verse in the Bible. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is a very clear declaration of God's impartial and universal love for all mankind. No one is left out. He loved the whole world so much that he gave his only Son. So, does that mean God loves all the wicked, evil people in the world who are causing great harm? Absolutely. It doesn't mean God loves or approves of the wicked deeds and attitudes of these people, but God does still love them as his children. Now, you may be wondering, James, how can you say that? Well, it's because of this verse I just quoted from John chapter 3. God didn't wait for everyone on earth to be perfect human beings before he loved us by sending Jesus to show and be the way of salvation. God doesn't wait for you and me to be perfect human beings today before he loves us. He loves us first. He loves us always. If you want to get a good idea of how God loves all his children, all you really need to do is look at how Jesus loved people. He reminded his disciples, and that includes you and me, this is John 5:19, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Therefore, whatever the father does, the son also does. How does this apply to loving everyone? Well, when Jesus loved someone, it meant that he had seen the Father love them. And just who did Jesus love? Well, take a minute or two and think about all the people Jesus expressed love to. Obviously, his disciples and those who would listen to him. He even loved those who didn't understand or accept what he had to say. 
He kept pouring it out. He kept pouring out his love on them. He loved men, women, and children equally, which you can see by the way he ministered to and healed them. And when he saw multitudes of people reaching out for help, he loved them. This is Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. He loved the people who were discarded by society and rejected by the religious authorities. He ministered to sinners and healed lepers. He came to help the people who needed help. That's called love. I think you could even say he loved the Pharisees and those who rejected him. When Jesus rebuked them, it was really an effort to help them to expose their hypocrisy so it could be healed. And to this point, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. This is Matthew 5, 44 through 48. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus would not have told us to love our enemies if he wasn't already doing it himself. And if he was loving his enemies, it means he saw God loving his enemies. And on top of that, Jesus points out that everything he tells us is what God tells him to tell us. This is John twelve forty nine and 50. This is Jesus talking. I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. In other words, Jesus not only saw God love everyone, including those who might be thought of as enemies, he heard God tell him to tell us to love everyone, including our enemies. That's really about as clear as it can get. But if you're not loving your enemies in the way Jesus wants you to, and in fact you don't want to love them or even try to love them, then the best thing to do is to come up with some reason why God doesn't love them, and then you're off the hook. But that's not the way it works in Jesus' world. So, if God loves everyone, does that mean we're supposed to love people who have caused harm to us and our loved ones, our families, our churches, even our country, or the whole world? Well, the writer of Hebrews answers this question in an indirect sort of way, and sheds light on a really important aspect of Jesus' mindset. And by the way, this is a prophecy about the Messiah that was in Psalm 45, verse 7. In Hebrews 1, 9, it shows how this prophecy was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. So, this is Hebrews 1, 9. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. 
As I said, that's a direct quote from Psalm 45, verse 7. The point here is that Jesus hated wickedness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. It doesn't say he hated the person doing or thinking that wickedness. He hated the wickedness itself, but he could still love the person. This really is a game changer. You can love someone, but you can hate the wickedness that's being done. Jesus could separate the wickedness from the person and love the person. And where did Jesus get this approach? Directly from his heavenly Father. He does what he sees the Father do. And that brings us back to the verse I just quoted from Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, that God gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Jesus is using this as a metaphor his listeners can understand to explain God's love for everyone. So let's bring this idea of loving everyone back to getting ready for Christmas. If God sent Jesus to earth in the first place because of his great love for all mankind, then I can't think of any better way to get ready for Christmas than to love all mankind ourselves. Now, you're probably thinking, whoa, hold on, James, that's a tall order. I can't love all mankind. First of all, I don't even know everyone. How can I love someone I don't know or even know that they exist? That's a fair question. You can start by loving and expressing more love to the people you do know. And you know who I'm talking about, those folks you know but have no love in your heart for. And the people you already love? Well, love them more than you have in the past, and not just more human love. Love them with the love of God. Love them the way Jesus would. Cherish the spiritual qualities they express. Now let's come back to this idea of loving all mankind, all those people out in the world. You know, theoretically, they all exist, but you don't know who they are. They're different from you. They have different values, different religious and political beliefs. And they're living their lives in ways you may or may not agree with. Is it really possible to love all these people? Well, of course it's possible, but it doesn't mean it's easy. If you try to love them with your own limited sense of love, it's actually impossible. The only way to love all mankind is to set aside your own personal love and do what Jesus did. See what God is doing, and then do that. Can you see God loving all mankind? Whenever that seems like a giant leap of faith, I remind myself that God loved the whole world so much that he sent Jesus to us. When I look at things from this perspective, I can see that God loves the whole world, and that helps me begin to love all mankind. Two or three years ago, I was praying one morning about loving my neighbor as myself. I was thinking about Jesus' conversation with an expert in Jewish religious law. They were talking about which commandments were the most important. Part of the answer to that question was the command to love your neighbor as yourself. And so this man asked Jesus, this is Luke 10, 29, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And, of course, then Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan, driving home the lesson that everyone is your neighbor. 
So that morning, I was praying to love all my neighbors all over the world as I loved myself. Well, I still had trouble actually loving myself unconditionally, so I focused on loving all my neighbors. And by that, I meant everyone. I deeply pondered God's love for all his children, and I knew that I didn't have to manufacture love from within myself to love everyone with. I realized I could just love everyone with God's love. The more I thought and prayed about this, the more I could see God's love for everyone. And I finally got to the point where I could say and mean it that I loved all God's children. I felt a genuine spiritual affection for everyone all over the world, past, present, and future. It was an amazing experience, and I felt transported to another world for just a minute or two. Then suddenly it hit me. I did love all God's children, and I was one of them. So that meant I loved myself. And for the first time in my life, I had a deep spiritual love for myself, not based on my accomplishments or the external things we think make us worthy of love. I simply loved myself as a child of God, along with everyone else. Just sharing this with you right now brings it all back to me. It's such a powerful awareness. I think there's something really important to this collective and all-inclusive aspect of love. If you love some of God's children and not others, it's not really love. To love everyone but yourself is not really love. When you discover this spiritual love for all mankind, collectively and universally, it will magnify the love you already have for others and show you love you didn't know you were capable of giving and receiving. Well, and there's another aspect of God's love for everyone, receiving this love. If you're having trouble receiving and accepting God's love for you, maybe you need to fully receive and accept the fact that God loves everyone. Because if God only loves some of his children, it's not really love. It's favoritism. God sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. God gives his love to the just and the unjust. As you start thinking about Christmas, I encourage you to embrace in a deeper spiritual way than you ever have before God's love for all mankind. This prepares room in your heart to receive more of God's love, more of Christ's appearing, and it opens you up to express more of God's love to those around you. What would happen if you felt so powerfully God's love for all his children that everyone you came in contact with experienced God loving them. I can't think of any better way to get ready for Christmas. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you being here and tuning in. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you will share it with a friend. And if you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. I look forward to hearing from you. You can listen to the Bible Speaks to You podcast on any of the podcast apps, but if you haven't subscribed on my website, I encourage you to do so. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the Subscribe tab in the menu bar, 
fill out that little form, and you're all set. That way, you'll get an email every week, and you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like to read a full transcript of today's episode and study the Bible verses that I quoted, you can find those on the show notes page for today's episode at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 216. This is episode 216. And if you're listening on a podcast app, I'll have that link in the description. I am so, so grateful for you being here today and all the ways that you've been supportive of the Bible Speaks to You podcast. There have now been listeners in 171 countries. I find that really amazing. And so much of it is because you're listening to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. I really appreciate that. I'm so grateful. That's it for this week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week, take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.